1: Another to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: All right, let's go another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, Bob Getty, along with our intern Nathan Lee. We're in the Southern Bank Bancorp studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson at the Southern Bancorp studio, and Laurel Kelly out today. He'll be back, I think, tomorrow. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American about to join us uh, on the heels of a 64-10 to uh, Southern Miss win over an outmanned and uh, really understaffed, I think it's fair to say, Northwestern State team. Uh, the Golden Eagles are uh, really no trouble at all. 41 to nothing at halftime, uh, outscore the Demons 23-10, to play every player on the football team, which that's a positive, and the Golden Eagles get their first win of the year. Before we uh, go to David and uh, – I want to first of all thank uh, Dickey's Barbecue Pit for sponsoring this segment of the show. Always appreciate them. Never want to forget. Dickey's a great place to cater your next event and a great place for you to enjoy a great meal. I'm going to go to David Eckert here in just a minute, but first, here's what uh, Will Hall had to say Saturday night uh, as a wrap up to the sixty four ten 10 win over Northwestern State.
1: You know, the reward, you got to see a lot of young kids late. And we're recruiting at such a high level. It was so good to get them in. Man, I'm just so happy for them. I was so pleased with how our kids acted when those young kids got in. They were so happy for them. Kenyon Clay with a big touchdown late. But I thought our kicking game played at an elite level. We had one punt down there, really close to the one. Um, You know, defensively we played lights out. Offensively we had a really explosive day, 588 yards on 71 snaps when we played everybody on our team. Uh, you know, it was a t- game we were supposed to win. We spent all week concentrating on eliminating mistakes and uh, and eliminating things that we do wrong. Uh, we didn't throw any interceptions. We didn't turn the ball. We did put the ball on the ground one time early, and we were able to recover it, so we had no turnover. That's a huge step in the right direction. Uh, you know, with our main guys at play, I didn't think we had any critical errors that cost us. Uh, you know, it was a – just good to play a lot of kids and see us execute the way we think we can execute. And uh, we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot. We really took a step forward with our theme this week, which was do your job with great effort, right? And uh, I thought we had a lot of kids do their job tonight. And, and uh, you know, with that, we can open it up.
2: All right, Nathan Lee grabbing those sound bites for us uh, after the football game uh, Saturday night. David Eckerd now from the Hattiesburg American on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. David nice win always good to win especially uh, here lately the Golden Eagles uh, I think everybody in the stadium enjoyed uh, enjoyed taking in a win 64 to 10 uh, but hard to hard to make a lot of uh, hard to make a lot of judgments uh, against an opponent with all due respect uh, like Northwestern State is that fair
3: Yeah definitely thanks for having me on again guys um yeah I'm I'm with you man I mean look like I just want to be respectful of, of northwestern state certainly, but that was not you know a football team that was capable of, of being competitive you know on the road against an fbs opponent so not not a whole lot you can really derive from that maybe a few things here and there but but by and large i'm not I'm not drawing any. Big picture conclusions uh, from that
2: one. No, I I guess the question that comes out of the game, at least in my mind, is, um, you know, you you played all your quarterbacks, and uh, does that create uncertainty and, for lack of a better term, a quarterback controversy, David?
3: Well, look, um, I I, I suppose yes. I'm, I'm not sure that that wouldn't have happened anyway. Um, but look, I, 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 my read on the quarterback situation at this point is that it's, it's, it's very much going to be a two man game for a while. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't see that changing, um, barring an outstanding game from, from either one of these guys or, or maybe more accurately, or a run of outstanding games. because look, I mean, Zach Wilkie was great against Miami, you know, and, and, he has one game where he's he's not awesome, and Tykes is great, and all of a sudden we're we we're, we're right back to square one, you know. So I just kind of think that's how it's going to go, and it's it's going to be a game by game thing here for a little while.
0: All right, we'll get it here with David. David, just to follow up on that, what's the negative? Of I was joking Saturday uh, with somebody, and I said, you know, Ty scores four touchdowns. Nothing can be easy and simple, and you should know that about Southern Miss athletics now that you're covering Uh the Golden Eagles. Nothing can be easy and simple. There's always a curveball attached to it. I I see the positives. You have the game plan. They have their strengths and weaknesses. Both of them do. But but what's the potential negatives for not being able to, you know, name a definite starter and go forward?
3: Yeah, you know, I I – I guess the, the first one that pops into my mind is just cohesiveness, right? Um, at this point in the season, if you have a definitive starting quarterback, he, he's getting all of, if not, you know, very close to all of the first team reps. Um, and that's, that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this week or, you know, p- potentially even even further out than that. So that, to me, is is the major negative um based on what they've said publicly I, I don't I don't believe that there's you know any strife locker room wise um, I think that's fine for now so um, for me it's just reps right like if you're if you're Zach Wilkie, um, and and you've been playing with the threes and the twos in, in the lead up to this uh, you're not getting the full chance to to Develop a relationship with the first-string wideouts um, and develop that understanding that you would get if you were the guy, um, and that's it, period. So, um, yeah, for me, that's the big one.
0: Yeah, to that to that point, I think it was Demarcus Jones in the in the post-game presser just said. You know, there's there's strengths of each one you gotta, you know, play differently possibly when when I'm putting words in his mouth, but I mean it, that was it. You you gotta adjust to who's ever in the game. I do want to ask you moving forward this week before I hand it back to Bob. Uh two lane two easy wins, but then they go out and beat Kansas State in Manhattan and Willie Fritz's squads out to three and oh. Maybe coming into this season, you know, Southern Miss fans may have, you know, not seen this two lane team to be what they are at the moment.
3: Yeah, I, I probably didn't anticipate them going into Manhattan and, and winning a game, um, you know, and, and, and that's a solid Kansas State team with a, with a solid enough quarterback and Adrian Martinez, right? So uh, definitely not a game that I would anticipate them winning. Um, but, you know, uh, again, it's, it's, it's a single game. I, I don't know how much we really know about them yet. Um, I was surprised by, I guess, how tight that game was defensively. Um, you look at it, uh, I've got the box score pulled up right now. 176 passing yards for for Michael Pratt, uh, 50% completion percentage, a touchdown and two picks, and that's good enough for him to win the game. Um, you know, So uh, maybe a little bit of a different identity for this Tulane team.
2: All right, we're talking with David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American. Back to the quarterbacks real quick, about a minute and a half left of the segment. Here's what Coach Hall said Saturday night uh, when asked about the quarterback situation moving forward.
1: Is will be the starter going into the lanes. I got no idea, man. We got a whole week of practice. You know what I mean? And practice matters here. Practice matters a whole lot here. Yep. Yep. But I thought he did some good things tonight. You know, he threw a touchdown, threw for over 100 yards. Uh, he had some good checks early. Uh he had he had he had one third down boneheaded play where he didn't read it the right way. Uh You know, he made a great throw to Caston in the back of the end zone, in the red zone. Uh, You know what I'm saying? He was headed to Brownlee when Brownlee slipped on the other one. That probably could have been another touchdown. And then Ty comes in and has the big one. He has the big one to Jalen May on a a, uh, RPO. And then he has another big one to Zay Franks on the RPO, you know, where they won. And uh, so I like both of them. I love both of them. I recruited both of them. I know both of them's mamas and daddies and all their people and where they're from. And and, uh, I'd let them both live with me. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I look forward to coaching them on Monday. I look forward to coaching them on Tuesday. And uh, it's going to be a fun week. It's going to be a fun week. Here's what we got, though. When I show up on Monday, them two suckers can play. All right? They can play, and they're like baby birds listening to you, and they just want to get better. You know what I mean? So, like, that's what you want. You know what I mean? Like, we just went from a week versus Miami to another week where, where we had two guys that are really talented and can play and want to be coached, and we can run our offense, and now we're going to do it again. We're finished to go three straight weeks of running our offense with our quarterbacks again. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, guys, we ain't been able to do that. You know, I know that's common everywhere, and I've been coaching 19 years, and it's the only time I've ever experienced anything like this, but, like, we're finna go our third straight week of running our offense with our quarterbacks.
2: Yeah. All right, that's Coach Hall after the game Saturday. We're talking to David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American. Tulane up next, undefeated Tulane, an old rival for the Golden Eagles. That's up next. We're going to be talking more with David after the break. Stay with us. We're Southern Miss football on the Super Talk Eagle Hour.
1: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
2: All right, second segment of the show sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. They were rolling all weekend, and uh, they've got a great selection of Southern Miss apparel on Hardy Street. Remember, you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast every day on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Tune in. Or you could just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Confirm right before the show. We're going to be doing some interviews uh, tomorrow morning with Zach Wilkie and Swayze Bozeman. So we'll uh, have to. We'll look forward to hear what those kids have to say. A beautiful defensive play by Bozeman Saturday night, and of course uh, Wilkie, uh, true freshman making a name for himself uh, at quarterback. We'll look forward. to to those conversations. We're talking to David Eckert from the Hattiesburg American. Nice atmosphere Saturday night, 26,000 plus at the game, David, and I thought the atmosphere uh, much improved. The team obviously looked a lot better, but as we move forward now, it just gets significantly tougher, correct?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're, you're going on the road to three 3-0 team. Um, you know, rivalry game, you guys can talk more about that than I can, but – Um, and then Sunbelt play and you've seen what Sunbelt teams have done so far. So you're right, man. It's, uh, there, 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 there aren't any easy games ahead, but at the same time, I'm not sure that there are any games ahead that aren't winnable, right? Like there's no Miami coming up. So, um, we'll see.
2: Well, and again, I don't want to put too much stock in into what we saw Saturday night because the opponent was so weak, but clearly this is a better football team than last year. And clearly this is a this is a good defensive football team, David, that uh I think they play well enough defensively that, that they can win some games for the Golden Eagles the remainder of the year.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I mean just the 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 pressure packages that Austin Armstrong dials up the way that they pressure the quarterback, um, you know, the linebacker play that they get. uh, And and then that veteran secondary, I mean, there's, there's really, there's not much not to like about that defense. And I would add that they're playing really well on special teams too. Like, um, you know, Natron Brooks just won the special teams player of the week awards with Sunbelt. I thought Mason Hunt was awesome. Um, in, 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 in Saturday's game. He was probably the best player on the field for either team for me. If you're, so, you know, if, if they can get those two phases to consistently be dominant, all they need is, is passable offense, and they're going to win some games.
2: Uh, Nathan, you were in the locker room after the game, and a win is a win. I mean, and this team really needed to win a game. I'm sure the atmosphere was totally different than what you saw after Liberty. Oh much
4: different you know even at the beginning of the game I I don't know if you know Hall's statements about attendance did something but it felt like the, the fans were there it felt like they knew there was going to be a win but it just felt like they were excited to be there good atmosphere throughout the game locker room was different the players were happy you could tell coach Hall was in a much better mood obviously not blowing a lead like against Liberty so overall yeah the atmosphere was great. Yeah, Luke. Short of the
2: never-ending loud, blaring music uh, over the PA <laughs> oh, system, gosh. it was a great atmosphere.
0: I thought. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, they paid. They, they upgraded that in the off season, so they have to uh, have to show that off a little bit. And I actually, you know, the first game, I actually thought that they could have turned it up a little more. So maybe people were thinking um, like me. But David, you focus towards Tulane and familiar foe. It was uh, two years ago um, that the. Green wave put up 66 points and 427 rushing yards, seven rushing touchdowns against the golden eagles. You, you kind of feel like though, this is kind of like the liberty game. Both coaching staffs are crazy familiar with each other. Uh, of course, Will knows everybody down there. He brought some two lane guys with him to Hattiesburg. I, any, any thoughts on that or is, has, has that ever, has that been mentioned already this week and, and just your take?
3: Yeah. Um, you know, Will was on the, uh, the Sun Belt teleconference with us, and he was just kind of saying, you know, like how much respect he has for, for Willie Fritz and, you know, how he feels like, uh, you know, the game needs needs more guys like him. But this week, you know, he loves them, but he's, he's, he's just trying to beat them this week, and that's what there is to it. Uh, you know, I think Liberty was kind of similar. Maybe the relationships weren't quite as... Close, but there are a ton of tie-ins on that staff compared to, you know, or I guess with guys that, that Hall has been around previously. So maybe this isn't new, um, but definitely two programs that are going to know a lot about what each other is trying to do. Um, so I think it's going to be it's going to be a game where where it's going to come down to execution because I'm not I'm not sure how much scheme can really play a part when you just you're so familiar with the guy across the field from you.
0: Yeah, and one more little story bit to that. You know, Ty Keyes was committed to Tulane before Will Hall came to yep. Southern Miss, and he brought him. I'm interested to, to hear your thoughts on the offense. I, I did chuckle when I heard Will say that in the in the postgame presser Saturday. This is the third week in a row we've been able to run our offense. How much of the offense do you think we have been able to see? Um, you know, we, We've seen the RPO bit. Have uh, got the ball, the tight end this this weekend. I still feel like we st- we still haven't seen you know a, a great majority of what he wants to accomplish in this offense.
3: Yeah, it's a good question, right? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, I, I'd be lying if I if I said there there were you know 50 different trick plays that they've been running in practice that I'm seeing that they haven't brought out yet. Like I just don't think that's necessarily the case. But um, yeah, it's it's. I don't necessarily think they've been holding things back. Um, maybe they have, and I just don't know. But um, you know, it, it's, it's the, the the quarterback situation dictates a lot of that, right? right. Because the, the offense with Ty T back there, who you know, obviously we all know is supremely athletic, is is a pure dual threat guy, is one hundred percent different than the offense with with. Zach will be back there because he doesn't have the same capabilities, and the scheme has to be a little bit different. So, it's going to depend on who's back there, and right now we don't know who that is. So, it's uh, it's uh, I guess it's tough to predict, right?
0: Yeah. Real real quick on on that notion. I mean, if you if you factor that in though, and that may be why we may go two quarterbacks for quite a while because the opposing offense opposing defense only really has three days to prepare. For a Keys offense, a Wilkie offense, and the superback, and I think that plays into Southern Miss's hands really well.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I was, you know, I was almost a little bit surprised when when Will told us who his starting quarterback was going to be um, as early as he did. You know, I think there's a lot of a lot of guys and um, a lot of coaches who would just let that ride into Saturday, like. You know, he, I, I think that's what Lane Kiffin's been doing. I haven't been following that super closely, but you know, you'll find out Saturday. Guys, I think is a is a pretty common response to that question. So I was a little surprised that he gave it up. Um, I'll be interested to see if he, you know, kind of changes his uh, changes his, his strategy there. But yeah, you're 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 so right. Um, you know, there's there's a variety of different things that opposing teams have to have to prepare for at uh, at the quarterback position.
2: Hey, before we let you go, David, I know you came here covering Penn State football. You're three games in now to covering Southern Miss football. Group of five football as compared to what you're used to. Your thoughts, uh, how are you enjoying it, and, and what are your thoughts about what you're seeing so far?
3: Yeah, I have I've really liked it. Um, I like it, you know, and obviously I, I haven't been doing this for as long as I, I was doing the other stuff, but I just think that uh, I've liked it better so far. It's, it's just, it feels like less of a, you know, grand occasion. Like it's, it's more about the people. It's more about the event. It's less about, you know, all of the other stuff that's above everybody's head. Um, and I've really appreciated that. That's been a really nice change for me that I've enjoyed. Uh, and what, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not a football analyst, right? Like, I consider myself a storyteller first. And when when you're at a place where you get that access and that ability to tell those stories, then, you, you know, that's, that's all you can ask for. And Southern Miss is infinitely better um, for, for me in that regard. So okay. I've really enjoyed Group of Five
2: football. Well, we're doubt. glad you're here. We really appreciate the coverage you're giving the football program. And the good news for you... Is that the humidity is mostly gone now, David? So I don't think you're gonna, I don't think you're gonna see a lot of really humid days from here. It on It
0: could out. crop up in early
2: December, though. It <laughs> occasionally will do that.
3: <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not cowering inside my house anymore. You're
2: right. <laughs> hey, so, we all, uh, we appreciate uh, you being on the show, man. We'll look forward to having you on again next Monday.
3: You got it, guys. Thank you, right, me. Eckert.
2: All right, real quick, we, we've got 30 seconds left, Nathan. I thought the students were there.
4: I thought they were enthusiastic. Your thoughts about the student involvement in the game Saturday night? I was impressed overall. You know, I've said my things about uh, attendance as, as well. But the students showed up. They 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 brought the energy it felt like in that student section. I know that half of them left at halftime, but the score was so bad, so you kind of expect that. But if they can keep doing that all season, bringing that energy to the entire rock uh, for all the big games that are coming up, you know, not Northwestern State games, it, all it does is help this team.
2: Let me confess, I left at halftime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get us 41, I could, If I could have, I would. Forty-one to nothing. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we'll be back.
1: To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: All right, we want to thank David Eckert from Hattiesburg, American for joining us the first half of the show. Also want to extend our best wishes uh, to our good, good friend, Lee Roberts, who has undergone a medical procedure today. I'm sure you noticed he was not on the broadcast Saturday night. Lee's going to be 100%. He's a great guy, and uh, we hope to have him uh, back on the show next week. Feel pretty certain that we will. In fact, he was talking to you yesterday. Look, he was going to try to get back on tomorrow. Is that what I understand? Right after yeah, I mean, the
0: procedure, he, he's trying to have like this list of of all these places where he is uh, <laughs> commentating on the Eagle Hour. So yeah. I don't know. He may take a recorder with him sometime and do it while skydiving. I just yeah. uh, I, know, I know if Lee gives you his word that he's going to do something. Uh, he's gonna he,
2: do he is a wonderful guy, man. And we uh, we wish him a really speedy recovery. 4th Street Bar Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour, and we're always glad that they do. It's a great place to have lunch five days a week. It's a great place to enjoy the next ball game, and uh, we hope that you'll do that. All right, guys, uh, not a good week. Not a good week for the Sun Belt. Two and nine. Mm. Run down the scores here, real quickly. Alabama shamefully beats Louisiana Monroe 63 to seven. That's just terrible. Marshall loses a close three-point game to Bowling Green. South Alabama loses by one point to UCLA. Memphis pretty handedly beats Arkansas State. I saw the end of the ODU-Virginia game. I was talking to you guys about it. It's so frustrating. And, Luke, maybe you have an answer to this. You know, they, they held Virginia and their fine quarterback to 13 points the entire game. The entire game. They take a lead with one minute to go, and then they change their whole defensive philosophy – rush three people, drop everybody back, no pressure on the quarterback, and Virginia marches down the field and wins the game by two points. Can you
0: explain that, Luke Johnson? Well, I mean, conventional wisdom says you don't give up the big play. But, I mean, what we've seen in the really the last five years of football is that if you leave like a minute and a half on the clock or even a little under that, you almost have left too much time on the clock for opposing defenses, particularly right. in the NFL. But, I mean, even college um, with the ability – you know with the no hole offense and the way that you can in college specifically i mean once you get a first down clock stops you can right. race up to the line and clock it so i get the prevent i i really get it i mean uh, i've been in football games before where we lost in the last minute cuz we didn't go to prevent we were just staying in cover 2 or something so so it yeah you can bring pressure and then the same thing happens and you're asking why didn't you go to prevent but right. to your point they were getting uh they were getting pressure on Virginia all day. And kudos, those were pretty cool jerseys that, that the Monarchs had yeah, they on. They looked good. They at uh, the uniforms.
2: They lose 16-14, last second field goal by Virginia. Baylor beat Texas State 42-7. Coastal Carolina held up for the conference. They beat Buffalo 38-26. UAB, kind of a, a kind of a surprise, beat uh, Georgia Southern 35-21 right after Georgia Southern had beaten Nebraska Charlotte beat Georgia State 42-41, so that's another tough loss. Really, really close. This is the shocker to me. Rice beat Louisiana Lafayette Luke Johnson 33-21. Who would have predicted that?
0: The the, uh, longest winning streak in the nation uh, ends. And, I mean, you know, Rice has been one of those teams that they've been just kind of slowly improving with – with Holmgren, their coach, um, you know, he, he was at Stanford for a long time, and you know they've showed showed ability to to win, and so it, it really surprised me. I think it just kind of shows you that um, with Lafayette, with some of the inexperience, uh, yeah, they, yeah. they may show up on Saturday that they don't. But yeah, the the nation's longest winning streak comes to an end. An Appalachian State beats Troy on a
2: Hail Mary at the end of the game, which just caused chaos.
0: So there was the two calls of it, the TV got pretty excited. But if you go listen to our friend Adam Witten, who was on, who's been on this show a few times and you hear him and his color guy, what it sounds like is that somebody got attacked by a bear up on the mountain and Boone because they're <laughs> screaming at the same time. You can't hear anything they're saying. But yeah, two seconds to go. Bryce throws it down to the, the five yard line, gets tipped backwards right into the arms of a, of a mountaineer. Oh, and I, I, this, that, because of that play and because of college game day, that will be a day that lives in infamy, uh, yeah. with, with Appalachian, with right. Appalachian state, not just athletics or not just football, but, but athletics as well. Yeah. Unbelievable because it would not have been appropriate for them to host game day and then lose.
2: Right. Unfortunately, a couple of kids were injured. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that melee on the field, we we hope that they recover. All right, so Nathan's about to leave, but Nathan, you made me feel better because yeah. I went home Saturday night thinking I'm just really turning into a grumpy old man. But you agreed <laughs> with me that there are a lot of young guys your age that think maybe this loud music. Between every defensive play in the
4: stadium, maybe a little much. Just a little much, you know. Let's get some variety on these songs, maybe. You know, let's spread it out. Get some songs from the maybe from the team. That's what Luke said over the break. Yeah. Get some get some input, and then maybe let's get the pride in there. You know, let's get Let some me hear juice. The pride, right? Let me hear more
2: of the pride during saying. the course of the game.
4: All right, so I, wasn't just me. Nope, nope. nope. Now you have made
2: my day, son. <laughs> I, I just want you to understand that. All right, Luke. Uh, Overall, your impressions of the night, the weekend, I thought it was a great crowd. I did think the atmosphere was much improved, and I loved having the high school bands there. I thought those mm-hmm. kids brought a lot. And, uh, and you know, i got to say this, guys, kudos to the Pride and the Dixie Darlings. I just enjoyed watching them uh, so much before the game. And, and like I say, I'd just, I just like to hear more of them during the course of the game.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to the Sun Belt for a minute because the game we didn't, we didn't mention, and then I'll come back to Saturday night. South Alabama should have beat UCLA in in Los Angeles. They were up 31-29 to 29 with three minutes to go. They had just driven down an 11-play drive. They were at UCLA's 22-yard line. It was about a 39-yard field goal, and they faked it. If they'd have made it, they'd have been up, what, five with three minutes to go in the ballgame? But they faked it. And ended up getting beat by a field goal, so it, it wasn't just the fact that that Sun Belt teams, you know, had an opportunity to do what they were going to do in, in Week Two. They could do this in Week Three. Went ten and four last week, but two and nine. But you know, as you mentioned, had a chance to beat Virginia. Had a chance. Had a real chance. Should have beat UCLA. And and kind of one that that's head scratcher to me, Bob, is uh, Charlotte was zero and three. They win against Georgia State, who's now you know zero and three. So yeah, it just shows you that any any week can go its way in in football. Oh, uh, back to Saturday night. People I think all of us knew it was going to be a game like that. And when it, when it's like that, you're not going you're not going just for the spectacle or the question of will we win. It's an opportunity to see who's coming next. I, I you guys I hope you saw it and when when Ty threw it across the middle, and Zay Franks, the redshirt freshman from McGee, one-handed catch, bringing the ball in. Then Jalen May goes a long way. Mims called some passes. Kenyon Clay got a touchdown. I mean, it it just shows you um, what's behind who's out there making plays. And, yeah, I, it's one of those nights when, when we would play some of those. Um, you know, we played Jackson State one year. We blew them out played lafayette one year blew them out we we knew those games were coming but it's an opportunity i think will said this in, in the post game presser to cheer on your teammates and to celebrate other people getting the opportunity to play after they practiced all week
2: i thought the best thing i heard all night is when he said every kid on the roster got on the field and and got to play and i i think that's really really good all right nathan we appreciate that the stuff you're doing for us uh, after the game and i oh, guess uh so you've had two experiences. It's a lot more fun to deal with Coach Hall
4: after a win than a yes. loss. That's the first question? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Don't ask him about attendance ever again either.
2: Yes, I was going <laughs> to congratulate you on not stirring up yeah. the controversy your second night down in the exactly. locker Exactly. I'm getting better at it, I think. Yeah. All right. Nathan Lee, everybody. Our, our intern is doing such a great job, and uh, we appreciate uh, everything that Nathan is doing. Okay, Luke. So uh, three under the belt. Uh I guess, what, maybe just a little less than a third of the way uh, through the season as Nathan leaves to go take an exam, something, thank God, I haven't had to do in a long time, probably uh, would not do well. Uh, 90 seconds left. I've got to ask you before we uh, go to the last segment. uh, You know, I enjoyed college football all weekend, and then I watched the Grown Man Gladiators yesterday uh, in the Superdome with Tampa Bay and New Orleans Uh, Those are some of the – those are one of those games where you say there really isn't anything quite like National Football League football.
0: Yeah. So the Saints played terrible against the Falcons for three quarters, and then they played lights out fourth quarter. Yesterday they played – defense played incredible, but offense played bad in the first half. Offense played more bad in the second half except for – you know, one drive when then Ingram fumbles it, you know, inside the I think it was the 10 yard line. Jameis throws three interceptions. It's just kind of like, yeah, are we going to decide to play good in the first half? And uh, offensively, I should say, because defense played, played lights out. I, I, I'll ask Patrick McGee about this later, but th- there's some controversy brewing from yesterday. So Bruce Arians, who retired last year, was on the sideline. And whenever, you know, Lattimore um, got into a shoving mat, when when Fournette shoved um, Lattimore, Mike Evans is running off the field, and Bruce Arian said something to him and sent him back on the field. The dude's not even a coach. Why is he on the sideline? And anyway, Lattimore got got ejected as well with, with Evans. That's twice against the Saints that Mike Evans has come off the bench. And I think he got suspended today for an extra game so, so good for him, but there was just some, <laughs> some there, there is no love between those rivals at do you, all. Do you think
2: everybody says it's the Saints and the Falcons. I, I say the rivalry now is the bucks and the Saints. I don't think uh, I don't think there's really any argument for that. We'll be back. wrap up the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour deck.
0: final segment today on this monday brought to you by d-bat and d1 training on hardy street in hattiesburg proud sponsor of the eagle hour pro shop indoor hitting facilities indoor workout running facilities it's all there at d-bat and d1 dbathattiesburg.com luke and bob from the southern bank Core studios in hattiesburg and laurel some news and notes uh, as david eckert mentioned earlier natron brooks uh, wins the Sunbelt Conference Special Teams Player of the Week against Northwestern State. Seven punt returns for 145 yards, if you want to know what the math is. That's averaging about 20.7 yards a punt return. So congratulations to uh, senior Natron Brooks out of Starkville. He is the Sunbelt Special Teams Player of the Week. While the football team was taking it to uh, the Northwestern football team in the Rock, ladies' tennis was over in Natchitoches. For the Lady Demon Invitational and two Southern Miss Lady Eagle tennis players brought home titles, Uh, both Clara Tardival and Hannah Chambers. Both uh, brought home some some titles, so congratulations to them. As Ladies Tennis uh, gets started up this fall, they uh, will practice, and then uh, in a few weeks they'll head down to the ITA regionals in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Women's soccer. After their tour of the SEC West starts, the real season, the Sun Belt, and what did they do? They went up to Huntington, and Saturday they defeated the Marshall Thundering Herd Lady Soccer Team by a score of three to one. And so, congratulations to them. Ryan Smith, Bernadette Steffen, and Morgan—or I'm sorry—and uh, Esmeralda Figueroa scored goals for the Lady Eagles, and so they are now one and zero in the Sun Belt. They will take on ULM this Saturday over in Monroe. Volleyball uh, was, of course, on the road at in Jacksonville State up in Jacksonville, Alabama. Lady Eagles dropped two matches uh, this weekend to Auburn and Jacksonville State, but rebounded and uh, defeated Jackson State on Saturday. Three, three sets to one. They uh, improved to eight and four on the year. And kind of the preseason's done. They will host South Alabama this coming weekend, 6 p.m. Friday, uh, 2 p.m. Saturday, and uh, for a conference match in there. Golf after last week, what the men did over in Ruston, Louisiana. Lady Eagles uh, golf team is is in Hoover uh, at the Hoover Invitational, hosted by the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And right now, Lady Eagles in first place. Mamoka Ando for the Lady Eagles. First overall shoots a 68 today, four under. Lady Eagles ahead of North Alabama, South Alabama, Memphis, UAB, and Southern Illinois, among uh, other teams. So Lady Golf getting it done as well, Bob. Right. No question about it. Mo Baby and Jay Company on
2: Hardy Street, right across from the campus, uh, one of our most fun remotes we've ever done, uh, just a few weeks behind us. But they're open Every day, serving up delicious uh, beignets. They cook them as you come in and order them. A great selection of cold and hot coffees. And I think right now they still have that blackberry topping, if I'm not mistaken about that, which uh, I actually drank some of that, uh, like Kelly Sander was drinking everything in his sight uh, the day we were down there. But Mo Bay Beignet Company, we thank them for their support of Eagle. I want to thank my good buddy, Larry Warren, uh, for treating me to lunch today. That's always fun. And I wanted to say, Luke, that I think Santa is not here. Now, he he told me this morning uh, that his daughter is is leaving the country. She's going to Paris for a while, and and that he was going over to Atlanta to say goodbye to her. But I really believe he's not here because of the football game yesterday. The Bengals are 0-2. The Dallas Cowboys beat them yesterday on a last-second field goal, and... I suspect that's why Santer's not here.
0: I mean, he, he had to go to Atlanta. As much as he's been crushing on Georgia State in the preseason Sunbelt stuff, he might have just gone over there and sat on a bench in, in Atlanta and talked to people on campus. But, yeah, what, for whatever reason, we'll, we'll try to get the semi-truth from him. I sent you this picture yesterday, and congratulations, first off, to Matt Wallner for being called up to the show this weekend in his first game in the eighth inning, his first Major League hit, home run. And I don't know if you saw this, Bob, but the Twins actually sent a couple bats out and, and halfway negotiated with this Cleveland fan. I think Walner had signed a couple bats, and uh, he was able to get his, his home run ball back. But I sent you that picture last night because on the same Major League Baseball field, and they took a picture at the end, Walner in the middle, and on either side of him, Kurt McCarty, and Nick Sandlin, all in major league uniforms, playing in, in major league baseball at the highest level. It's pretty incredible. What a great picture that was! That that's a picture
2: for the ages, there, Luke. That uh, that just put a massive smile on my face uh, when I saw what you had sent me. What a great, great, uh, what a great moment for Southern Miss baseball and its proud baseball program.
0: I uh, I, I text Kurt when Walner got the call up, and uh, I said, "Hey." Now's the time to get him back for that bomb he launched off of you in, in AAA. <laughs> this is before Walner hit the home run and Kurt, Kurt was like, well, those don't count. It's only the ones he hits at the major league level. And what does Matt do? Same yeah. day he hits a bomb. First, that's his first major league hit, was it not? First, first major league hit, run. first major league home run. And what was so cool, man, they, they, they panned to the, the, the stands and his whole family was there just going crazy yeah. in twins gear. It was like a, you know, 30, 40 minute ride for them. So pretty yeah.
2: incredible for the Walner. We love all three of those guys and, uh, and could not, to be happier for them. All right, that's the Eagle Hour for a Monday. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. We hope you will too. And until then, Southern Myths.
0: to the top. Into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle.